0: If you're six months into a job and deep down inside, you are not a fit for this job, get proactive and start thinking about, okay, what do I need to do? Is there a way I can close this gap and maybe proactively learn? But you need to identify what you hate first and foremost. It's not just, oh, I hate going to work. What is it about work that you hate? Is it a person that you're avoiding? Is it the job? Is it like the actual work that you're doing? Is it your manager? Once you identify the issue, then you have to determine how feasible is it for me to overcome this issue? So if it's a six month thing, maybe stick around but if you think this is going to take years to overcome you have to weigh the pros and cons i don't think it makes sense to stick around for one two three years if you know the role is not a fit
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into your favorite podcast on career and finances, The Free retiree Show. You're tuning into episode 179. I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside the one, the only, the greatest interview coach in the world. We're going to cut out Silicon Valley. We're just claiming the world. Sergio Patterson. The world now. I listened to your last episode on all your tips, and I've just come to that conclusion that you are the best in the world. That's my opinion, personal opinion.
0: Typically, Lee, you bring me down you're very good at that many years of bringing me down but tonight my friend
1: you're bringing me up hey it is a long episode bro i can cut you down at minute 20 (laughs) so we'll see we'll see where the night takes us but for those that are tuning in we're going to be talking about when it might be time to look for a new role serge thought this would be a great episode and i agree when do you know Sometimes it might feel like boredom. Maybe we have anxiety going to work. Maybe you get that heartbeat in the meetings and you're just like, oh, this is too much. Maybe you have nightmares. For me, it's nightmares. I dream about it. But Serge, what do you want to talk about? And uh, since we're on the topic, are you a fan of rage quitting? Have you ever rage quit? Is that the new craze? I don't know. You just lose your mind?
0: And I think quit? they call it rage quit. You just go. Uh, so ah! I didn't have all these dependents dependent on my income. I would have rage quit many times. <laughs> have you ever? Rage quit? Like just
1: day of? just Yeah, just start, and just start throwing stuff. Maybe that's a little bit far, but just,
0: I don't like you. I don't like you. Your face is weird. I hate He's... you. I hate you. You're cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've never rage quit, but that sounds fun. We should all rage quit at least once, right? Bucket list.
1: I know. We got to add that to the bucket list. I have not, but yeah, I was envious of the idea of it. It
0: sounds amazing.
1: It does. It sounds liberating, but I could see the repercussions after though.
0: There's consequences. Absolutely. Today, we're going to talk about signs you should leave your job. But before I get into it, Lee, I wanted to ask you if there has ever been a time in your career where you knew there were some flags where either you were going to leave a job or you knew you should leave a job, or I guess in your world, maybe you need to leave a
1: client. Anything that's top of mind for you? Yeah. You know what? I would say for me, toxicity in the workplace, I feel has been a catalyst for me quitting many times. Like It generally starts with leadership. It could be new leadership. My last role, I was an FA at a boutique firm for seven years. And it was great people. Just absolutely love them. Yeah. It was sad to see everyone go their separate ways, but new management came in. And new management, I wouldn't say it was toxic, but it was very different. And it was just not my style. And I think a lot of other people felt the same way. But generally for me, it's leadership. Leadership was what does it for me. And if it's very toxic people at the top or a toxic culture, that's generally where I see myself stepping out. Love it, man. And you are not alone. So I've got seven
0: signs that you should probably leave your job. And- I want to go into and poor leadership slash toxic environment is one of them. So you're spot on. I feel the same way and I'll get into that in a bit, but yeah, I've got a bunch of buckets. Should we get into it? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. The first one and this, I'd love to get your thoughts on this too, Lee, but something I was thinking about when I was putting this episode together was this idea of you're not feeling challenged anymore. There's that moment in some jobs where you start coasting. I always feel over challenged, but continue. That's over challenged or under challenged? (laughs) No, I was joking, but yeah. If you're not feeling challenged at all, there's that moment moment where you get on cruise control. I think we've all been there, right? Like, you know what you're doing, you have everything, everything's feeling good and it's becoming easy. And that's actually a good thing for the most part. But sometimes when the challenges go away, that's when boredom kicks in. And when you start to get bored, you lose your edge. And if you go too long without that edge and out that challenge, you're not growing anymore. You're not learning, right? So that is a red flag. That's like number one. I wanted to start with that because I think a lot of us get to that point in our career where we've been in this role for X amount of years and we know how to do it. We're coasting. If you feel, like you're coasting. It's not always a good thing, but I'll pause there. What do you think about that
1: one? I was just gonna ask you because I know I'll bring you up a little bit more before I cut you down to pieces. But I know you've had some great roles. You've been at some of the best companies in the world: Google, LinkedIn, Airbnb, and I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting. But you've been at great companies. Yeah. I feel like when you're at companies like that, it's tough to feel bored. How did you know being at those great companies? How did you ever feel not challenged?
0: That's a good question. I think yeah, you're right. In those type of companies, you typically are challenged on a daily basis but if you just look it up right now there are moments where some companies overhired right there are moments where maybe there's Peaks and valleys in your job wherein depending on the season depending on the month time of the year you may be busier than others in my role right now we release new products in the winter and the summer we're at our like most busiest at least for my role actually between January and May and then there's a lull a little bit then we start planning for November it's not to say I'm not challenged right now but I think depending on your role there could be moments throughout the year where like you're coasting a little bit or like maybe the workflow is less. But I think, yeah, it, most of the time you have enough work to do, but it's more not necessarily the workload. It is the work is too easy. You are coasting because it's not something new or different. It's the same thing you've been doing for three, four years. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. And I think like it depends on your position. Maybe, you know, in your world, I think the way you probably challenge yourself is by the different types of clients you
1: have that might present new opportunities or different challenges. Yes and no. I think for me, I work with bigger companies that over. See, and their rules, their regulations, their guidelines play a big part, right? Because, yeah. yes, I have the clients that I service, but also I am at the mercy of some of these big companies that roll out rules. Like my new company that just came into the picture is Charles Schwab. They bought out TD Ameritrade. I got to yeah. adhere to what Charles Schwab wants now. And they said that things are going to be same old, same old, but we'll see. I have those same challenges as well. But
0: so it's all across the
1: board. And before I go into the next topic, I want to leave each of these buckets,
0: I want to make sure I end with a tax. Tack- that you can use to maybe overcome this. So if you're sitting there right now, you're like, you know what, Sergio's—he's just, he's a genius. He's spot on. No one's—I'm not feeling.
1: That. No one's
0: saying that right now. I'm not feeling challenged in my <laughs> role. Everyone's <laughs> Sergio's, saying, that. "Sergio's a moron." Continue. If you're sitting there and you just, Sergio's the greatest. and you're not feeling challenged, here's something you can do, like actually do something about it, right? Don't just quit your job today, but think about, okay, well, what is it about my job that is not challenging me, right? How can I proactively go to my manager and figure out new ways to be challenged? Because if you don't do that, then nothing's gonna change, right? So be proactive, whether it's going to your manager and asking for maybe a 10% project, maybe asking, you could ask a simple question, like what's keeping you up at night to your manager? What are the biggest challenges that I could help you with? I need something new, I need something different, right? If you're just proactive, there's ways to overcome this first bucket outside of just leaving the job. If it comes to it, you have to leave, but there's ways if you want to stay at the company to overcome
1: this. Absolutely.
0: Cool. Bucket number two. This one is interesting, but I've been there. And Lee, you actually mentioned this when you answered the question earlier on, but you said you have nightmares or you get that nervous feeling like, "Ah, I got to go into work. Literally, you hate going to work most days. That's bucket number two. There's five days in the week. If you hate going to work three or four of those days, that's a sign you should leave your job. And I think we've all been there, right? Where you have that queasy feeling in your stomach, maybe before a meeting, maybe before a meeting with with your manager, maybe before doing anything, right? We've all been there and had that job where you just don't like going in. And that's a major red flag and something to really think about. If you're feeling that way the majority of days, you should feel that way some days because no job is perfect. But if it's most of the days, that's a red
1: flag. When you have that feeling that you just hate going to work, how long do you have that feeling before you act? We all go through like those phases where we're just not feeling it, we can pull ourselves out of it. But when you're like just hating your work, like when do you think it's, hey, Like, this is the time to really consider something else because I'm just hating it too much. We all hate parts of our work, right? Let's be honest. We do.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. So it depends on why you're hating the work you're doing. And there's other buckets that it could be leadership. It could be the role itself. So if you're six months into a job and deep down inside, you are not a fit for this job. Get proactive. and start thinking about, okay, what do I need to do? Is there a way I can close this gap and maybe proactively learn? But you need to identify what you hate first and foremost. It's not just, oh, I hate going to work. What is it about work that you hate? Is it a person that you're avoiding? Is it the job? Is it like the actual work that you're doing? Is it your manager? Once you identify the issue, then you have to determine how feasible is it for me to overcome this issue. So if it's a six-month thing, maybe you stick around. But if you think this is going to take years to overcome, you have to weigh the pros and cons. I don't think it makes sense to stick around for one, two, three years if you know the role is not a fit.
1: Yeah, love that.
0: That's great advice. So again, yeah, be proactive to figure out and document what you hate about going to work because you'd be surprised once you start documenting it, then you might be able to actually figure out how to overcome those issues. Because I think what a lot of people do is just, they just talk about it. They say, oh, I hate going to work. Ah, this is, this, but they don't actually really know why they hate going to work. So write it down, figure it out. Okay, bucket three, you don't see any new opportunities, right, you don't see room for growth. I think we've talked about in this podcast how to advance in your career. And if you've been at a company, for let's call it three, four years, haven't been promoted, you do great work, you're still making the same money, you're getting that standard 2% raise and you just don't see long-term opportunity at the company, that's a flag. Why aren't you getting the opportunities? Why aren't you getting promoted? Why aren't you getting those bigger pay bumps? Start thinking about the why behind that. And then that, to me, that's the third
1: biggest bucket here, right? That's a flag. If you don't see long-term growth at that company, what are you doing? Does that make sense? How long do we wait? You want to put the hard work in. And yeah, yeah. truthfully, every company promises opportunities right? Mm-hmm. I have not really seen a company that doesn't promise it, Yeah, but there's a big difference in the trajectory of different companies, the follow-through on pushing their people to successful roles, a higher rate percentage of success. So how long do you normally- Well, you're probably asking the wrong
0: guy. I'm the guy who's two to three years I've been at companies and then different opportunities pop up for me, but I think it depends on the environment. If you're in a good environment, you have a good manager, you're aligned with all the values, you feel challenged- you love going to work most of the days, then maybe it's worth sticking it out, right? Maybe it is. You could wait three, four years. I wouldn't wait any longer than four years. I'd say by year two, if you don't see clear opportunity for growth, then you should start asking questions, right? Like your first year, you're really getting your feet wet. Actually, the first six months, you're just understanding the company. By year one, you should really know how to do your job. By year two, you should be like a subject matter expert, right? Like you should be the go-to person. And then you should be able to get promoted like between like years two and three. I think that's what I've seen. Some like crazy superstar get promoted sooner. But if there's nothing happening between years two and three, you got to start asking questions because you're no longer new, right? You know how to do your job. So what is it that's preventing you from being promoted or finding new opportunities? So you have to start figuring that out,
1: right? And get proactive, talk to your manager, figure out ways you can be that person that they look for the new opportunity. Got it. This is a question that I think comes up a lot, especially in Silicon Valley, the trajectory of contract workers. I know some people that have been at companies that, say oh I'm at Google, but they're really not. They're a contractor. Most people are contractors at these companies and they're waiting to get converted. Do you have any tips on how long you should wait before you get that conversion? Because I feel like where we're at, that is like the pie in the sky a lot of times or people are like, oh I'm there and I'm hopefully gonna get converted. It, it just seems like a lot of hopeful thinking and wishing and yeah a lot of times it doesn't happen. That's a good
0: question. And like transparently I haven't been a contractor at these companies. So it's hard for me to say but I know a lot of contractors go go through this, right? They're like, they're contract to contract, year to year, like project to project. So that's like the bait that companies I think have, and these contractors are like fish and it's the pole. I don't know if we're on video, but you <laughs> it's kind of like the bait and the fish is trying to get it Yeah, and they keep pulling it away from the fish. <laughs> that's so true. That's sad because I know a lot of great contractors who deserve full-time roles. I would say if you are a contractor, I think you should always be looking for full-time opportunities right? You should do your best and continue trying to get converted. But what's that conversion rate at a company like Google? I don't know. I'm assuming it's low. For their full-time employees, they're going to hire who they want. Like The contractors might get converted, but it's rare and it's not easy, right? Because you're going against a very big talent pool. But I guess if you're a contractor, you know better than I do. If you're a contractor right now out there, your situation, have that conversation with your manager and hopefully they're being honest and there's some integrity there and maybe you will get converted. But like for the contractors out there, my advice to you is don't just depend on this one opportunity at that company. Keep your opportunity Options open externally until you find a full time role. Don't get comfortable. Yeah, you shouldn't be a long term contract. My advice is to not be a long time contractor. Like, I don't think that's the right career path. Okay, cool. Hopefully that answered that. So, that was the third bucket. You don't see any new opportunities. We talked through, like, be proactive, figure out why you're not getting those opportunities, right? So, that's sign three. You should probably look for another job. Another reason why you might want to look for another job, you just no longer align with the company's culture and values. This one, this is number four. And this one really resonated with me. It was one of the reasons why I left Facebook or Meta whatever they want to call themselves now. And over time, you might think you land this really cool company. And then over time, leadership changes or the values change or like mission changes. And you're just no longer into it, right? It's hard to like really give 100% into
1: something you just don't believe in. I'll pause there. Does that resonate with you, Lee? Absolutely. And I think where we're at with society, it's becoming even more important. These Gen Z kids that are coming up right now, we always refer to ourselves as the old millennials. Gen Z, as much as we want to talk about them and their TikTok and other shenanigans. You got to respect that a lot of the polls that are coming out are showing that they, more than any other generation, want to align with the company's values. Yeah. More so than any other generation. So that says a lot on where society is headed. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Yeah. You're spot on. And that's something I think we're learning from
0: this generation of workers. And it's something I've started to think about the older I get. I think we've talked about it before, man, but we're always chasing that brand name company. But at the end of the day, what is that company doing? for the the world and does it resonate? Does it align with what you care about? And if it doesn't, I'm not saying quit tomorrow, but I guarantee you're going to feel better if you really believe in the company's mission. 100%.
1: I guarantee
0: you'll feel better about yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. So I guess like the takeaway there is if you do feel like you no longer align with the company's culture and values, I think this one's harder to overcome and it's harder to stay at this company. So then you need to go back and listen to all the episodes I've given on career advice and get your resume in order, get your LinkedIn in order, start networking and start trying to find a new job. Um, So that's bucket four. We've got three more, okay? Mm -hmm. Cool. So the next one is, in this environment right now, lack of job stability, that's a little bit scary right now, right? So if you're in an industry where you feel like it's just crumbling around you, let's say, let's call it recruiters were hurt, were hit heavy during COVID because of the hiring freezes, right? If you're in a role where it's tough out there right now or a company or an industry that's getting hit, like, I don't know, what's an industry getting hit right now? You probably know better than I do.
1: Tech is getting hit. Some areas of home building, yeah, healthcare a little bit. But yeah, those are some that Come to mind right now.
0: Yeah. So the idea here is if it's clear that your company layoffs are coming, like winter is coming. I think it's a joke we always say on our podcast. Be aware, like the alarm bell should be sounding. You should start looking for another job. That is like a big sign that okay, have your options open because you don't want to just be stand like flat footed when you get the email or you try to go into work and your badge doesn't work anymore. That's happened before to people. You don't want to be that guy or girl. You want to be proactive and be like, you know what? I see this happening and I already have another opportunity coming. I luckily dodged a few bullets recently. LinkedIn just laid off a thousand people. Facebook has laid off 21,000 people in the last year, I think. And I was proactive and not to say anything against those companies, but I think if you feel something coming or you feel that it's the right time, you need to be proactive. I think that's a theme out of this episode is get proactive. So that is sign number five, lack of job stability, a sign that you should maybe think about leaving the job you're in. Any questions on that one? Nope. All right, cool. Two more. Sign number six, that you should probably leave your job. You don't get paid well. Low pay. Number six, if your pay is low or you feel like you are undercompensated, think about it. This is a sign. If anyone tells you pay doesn't matter, it's not the top, they're not worried about their pay, they're lying. We all care about how much we get paid. We all need money to live in this. If you're in the Bay Area, you need to be paid well. And pretty much wherever you are with inflation is getting us everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like your pay, you're undervalued, you're not getting paid or compensated fairly. If you feel like your coworkers are making more than you, if you've done the research and you feel like you should be making more based off your performance, and the value you bring, that's a sign you might want to look for another job, whether it's at your company or somewhere else. I think not being paid well, I've been in that situation several years ago and it doesn't feel good, right? You're just getting by or you always have that in the back of your head. You just don't feel like you're making enough and maybe that's going to impact your the work you do and your performance. So this one, while it's tip six, it's actually one of the most important ones. If you're feeling undervalued or undercompensated, be proactive
1: and figure out a way to get out of that situation. That's spot on. I think at the end of the day, companies will say, they value you, but they, they have to back it up with paying you. If there's just a hard, no, nah, we don't feel like paying you anymore, they, you're not valued. They don't value you. Not to get off on a tangent, I'm seeing yep. a lot of commercials right now for women's soccer. You know me, I love, yeah. I love soccer. That's what I do. Let's hope USA wins it. I got my doubts. I got my doubts. They're, They're looking shaky. Together. They're looking shaky. Definitely shaky. But anyway, there's all these commercials out there saying we are supporting women's soccer. Like We're all about women's soccer. You show me when we start paying these females what Mbappe and Messi are making that tells it all right there so these networks these clubs they put it out there the oh, sponsors yeah. Yeah, yeah the sponsors oh we care about female do you I love watching a U.S. women's soccer I love the game I fell in love with the sport because of Mia Hamm yeah Brandi Chastain Brandi Chastain, Chastain second crush Brianna Scary. those were like my three oh, like, the goalie she was amazing. yeah she was sick and then fourth would been Eric Winalda. true soccer fans would know that all oh, the old Quakes player
0: San Jose Clash.
1: Yeah, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but the point is, we're not paying. You know, we're not paying them what we should. Like, it's just a massive discrepancy. I think you look at Alex Morgan, best player in the world, four hundred and fifty thousand, I think, roughly around there. And You've got these other male players getting millions. So, you know, when you don't have regular listen to the people, rhetoric,
0: right? Regular
1: people in Silicon Valley,
0: like regular jobs
1: at these tech companies, making more than the best female soccer player in the world. Arguably, that's a problem. It's wild. And going back to how you fix that, it's you got to be intentional. Intentional to fix those things but anyway i'd sorry going off on a tangent oh no, i love it that was, that's a good analogy just to be raw we can say all this stuff but unless we back it up with pay and it doesn't mean anything just words
0: so you were spot on i think what some of these athletes are doing they're trying to go places where they are valued so you see alex morgan in these commercials she's probably getting paid bank because the usa women's League is not paying her the u.s the women's national team's probably not paying her that much but adidas or i think i saw her in a i don't know i could be wrong here no it wasn't a beer maybe it was a beer commercial she was in a commercial recently, they're valuing her. I bet you they are valuing her and paying her, hopefully. So the analogy I want to talk about right now is you as somebody right now who's not getting paid well, you need to go get your resume together, start looking for other opportunities, and get an offer from another company to figure out what your value is. Then you could take it to your company and say, hey, this company's offering me X percent more. What do you want to do about it? Yeah, Understand your value. But if low pay is an issue for you, you need to be proactive and not just sit and talk about it. The last tip, this is something that we've all been through. Lee, you talked about it earlier, but poor leadership, man, management in a toxic environment. We've all had that manager who's just made our life hell. We've all been in that environment. That's just not, that's toxic. Gossip, just bad overall leadership. This one's tough because it actually happens quite often in Silicon Valley. I don't know how often it happens in your worldly, but if you're stuck with a bad manager, this one's hard to overcome. But if you're feeling like you are in a toxic environment, and I don't need to go into the details of what that means. I think we all know where there's lack of respect, lack of kindness, just lack of empathy, lack of it, all the things, the values that you're grown up and given as kids, that's a sign you probably need to get out of that environment. But uh, I'll pause there. What do you think on that one, Lee?
1: Yeah, I think that's right on. Leadership, from what I know and what I hear from fellow colleagues and people that are in the workforce, this tends to be the biggest reason why people leave. Not feeling respected by their higher-ups, not feeling valued, and just a lack of genuine concern with their success. Right? I think a really good leader thinks about, like, how can I make this person better? How can I make this person call Their goals. And I think if you obsess on that as a leader, you're a fantastic leader. If you're thinking this person's lucky to be here, they're lucky to get my money or this company's money, you're probably a crappy leader. Yeah,
0: 100%.
1: And if you're sitting there right now and you feel like you have
0: a difficult relationship with your manager, or maybe it's a toxic environment, I think there's some things in previous episodes we've talked about managing up. Check that episode out where we talk about what it is to manage up. Maybe you can improve that relationship with the manager, right? Maybe that'll get better. I think trying to improve a toxic environment is very difficult because that's usually like top down. And I'll tell you from first hand experience, it's not worth burning out or impacting your health or whatever it might be to just stick around in that toxic environment. Absolutely. If this is resonating with you right now, like I think Lee and I can both agree that you should be proactive. Again, that's a theme of this one. Try to get out of that environment, whether it's another organization within your company or just find a new job altogether, because it is not
1: worth the years off your life to stick around in a toxic environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm just going to throw this in there. If you are serious about leaving your company, check out Sergio Patterson on LinkedIn because that's the guy you want to talk to. He's going to help you get ready. He's going to help you become your best self when it comes to looking for a job. Interview coach extraordinaire. Yeah. Yes, sir. You give me great advice when I ask you anything related to this topic. So make sure you reach out. You can send emails to ask at retiree.com. Cool. Those are the seven signs that if you should leave your
0: job, if you have all these seven, you need to quit tomorrow. If all of these seven are resonating, With you. Rage quit. Rage quit. Tomorrow. Oh yeah!
1: If you are all seventies, this is when you rage quit. You go in there, guns all All right, folks. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Hopefully, you liked it. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Share us with your family and friends. We appreciate the love and support. Find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and we are now on Elevation Radio. So check us out. You've been listening to the Food Tyree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. We, Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The free retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career advisor Sergio Patterson, attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors Securities America Incorporated and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. All or portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Airbnb Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.